0: Welcome to the Bonfire.
1: Exploring Magic with Two Modern Witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. Hi everybody. Howdy howdy. Howdy howdy. It's already dark out. It's not even five.
0: I know. It's four forty-four here in Seattle on a Friday evening. And it's dark. It's so dark. <laughs> it's dark. I know. And, you know, I just heard again, for all of you who don't want daylight savings time to change, I know there's a camp. There's a camp of me who want to spring forward and stay there for forever. And then there's another camp that's more scientifically proven, I admit it, is, is that we just stay here. And I just, no,
1: I just want to stay somewhere
0: yeah yeah I'd like to park Uh, please yes let's park and stay
1: I would love to stay here just because I hate springing forward because I hate losing an hour of my morning when I sleep
0: yeah but we'd never do it again
1: but we just stay there
0: yeah no I'm with you yeah I don't
1: I think it's dumb and we should stop it
0: (laughs) but But anyway y'all for a long time Yeah, it's dark, but that's okay, because the bonfire is going to be so cozy. And And I I got my Christmas
1: twinkle lights up, and they look (gasps)
0: great. do. Oh, I'm still clinging as long as I can to Halloween just a little bit bit longer.
1: So normally, I have a rule where I don't put anything Christmassy up until the (laughs) 1st of December. Mm -hmm. Uh, But rehearsals for Christmas Carol have me feeling festive as hell. So yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying that
0: oh that's so cool
1: yeah yay
0: and if you're in seattle everybody go see Corey in a christmas carol so well
1: the (laughs) odds of seeing me are very small because i only so far am performing in one of the public performances and the other ones are all private you'll have to see me in fall city at the library
0: (laughs) all right let's do it Uh, people let's go
1: but you should definitely (laughs) if you can go see it and i'll give you some details about that later
0: cool cool yeah (laughs) Well, we are talking about the Witches of Eastwick. Yeah, the today. Witches in
1: Media episode.
0: Yes, it is. And before we head out, I'll go ahead and just say a big thank you. Sarcasm Spirit. Is that like one of the best handles you've ever heard? Sarcasm Spirit here. And if we're a little bit late on this because I, I didn't see it for a long time. And I'm just going to read it. It's a review called Chill and Cherished. As a baby witch, or a strega, depending on how Italian I feel at the moment, I love that, I've been exploring witchy podcasts to learn more about the spiritual journey I'm embarking on. Corey and Detta are both wonderfully knowledgeable and have great chemistry. Genuinely, my favorite thing is how they cherish each other, and that shines through so strongly in their interactions and heightens everything. Thank you, because I love this human across the microphone from me
1: <laughs> hey i love you back yeah that was very so sweet thank you. thank you
0: and to all of the people who've been commenting on spotify i'm getting those together and we'll read a couple of those every episode as well thank you so much for the feedback y'all it's really helpful they warm our hearts yeah. Oh, and oh, and on that note, Cher is not Cherokee. Sorry, I've been meaning to say that for a long, long time. She does not have Cherokee, I guess. It's it's really complicated, but somebody had written that in the Spotify. And then I read it and it was like, well, she had a, I don't know. It's complicated, but we're going to say no, she doesn't. Even, it's for another episode because I would love okay. to talk about it.
1: Cool. I really, it. I really the tow rope between you and me just then was long, but I caught up to you cuz I was like, I don't know what you're talking about or where that came from or what to what it is related. I'm guessing uh, there was a review and a comment. We did an <laughs> Take episode. <me> with you.
0: <laughs> we did an episode and I'm now blanking on which one and we okay. talked about share and having native oh we I think we were talking about Stevie Nicks that whole oh maybe, I, I, yeah. I don't remember I now don't remember but I know it was me who said she was Cherokee because I grew up thinking that sure be, because my brothers were and we claimed her and <laughs> sure <laughs> yes. sure so yeah and I guess that is incorrect so well the more you yeah. know I know the more you in the words <laughs> of Alanis Morissette you live you learn
1: you live you
0: know, okay, <laughs> but anyway, we are talking about the witches of Eastwick. Speaking of Cher, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, oh yeah. Speaking of her, let's. I'm ready to go to the library already. If you, yeah, are. I've got a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, I have many feelings, and they're bursting. <laughs> feelings are bursting out all over. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we are going to be talking about the movie. Yes, but book. I have some
1: yeah some stuff about the book as well,
0: and the I'm going to talk a little bit about the TV show. I'm not, but and, you are. And, yeah, yes, I am. Yeah. Uh,
1: so the book is by the author John Updike. It was written in 1984. Um, it's set in the 1970s in a fictional town called Eastwick, Rhode Island. It has a sequel called The Widows of Eastwick mm-hmm. that I read the synopsis for, and I was like, ooh, ooh, John. Anyway, um, I haven't read the book, but I put it on my shelf on my digital library on the seattlepubliclibrary.org and support your libraries, kids. And it was, it's, it's, it's an example of a man in the 80s trying his hand at what he thought feminism was. (laughs) There are aspects of the book that are very empowering but it's all through a really patriarchal lens and it's all it all sort of like dials back to what women quote should or should not be or how they should or should not respond to certain factors I don't love the ending but since I have not read it I don't know any of the nuance that led to that ending but having read the synopsis I think the ending is dumb, but I, like I said, have not read the book in its entirety. So take that how you will. And that's what I have to say about the book. And I will
0: say of Mr. John Updike, who I kept confusing for John Irving for just a heartbeat. And I was like, this is not, (laughs) this is, this cannot possibly be John Irving writing this book. Because John Irving gets women. And this guy, this is what I wrote down. I, I was just exploding you all. This book was touted to be a a feminist, pro-feminist, this is great women taking back their power book. I read the first four chapters and it was so painfully written by a heterosexual cis man who was a little bit racist and a lot misogynist on his view of these three women. And it was just like... It was kind of disgusting and made me really pissed off. But yeah. what I did like about it, I, and I listened to the first four chapters, and then I skimmed more of the book. And then I also went to a summary because I was just like, I am so pissed right now. I just, I am so pissed. That's how I feel about the, the book. The Oh, I was going to say the good thing about it. They know they have their powers. They don't get their powers after he gets there.
1: When we get into more of the nuance, they don't get their powers after he gets there in the movie either, but they realize they, they realize it. them. Oh, but... I'm sorry. I didn't
0: mean to say get. I meant to say use. They are, oh. they are using, I apologize. They're using their powers before he gets there. Got it. Yeah. They're not knowingly
1: using them before he gets there in Mm-mm. the movie. But no. what I will say about the book, and I am not apologizing or justifying it in any way. It was 1984. It was. And feminism, at least in the mainstream, was real fucking backwards. It was not intersectional in any way. And I wasn't alive. So this is all based on research I have done of the time. But in the same way that in 30 years, I will look back on some of the beliefs I have and go, Jesus Christ. We look back on the 80s and go, ah, oh, no. Because what people thought was quote, empowering, or forward thinking, was not empowering. (laughs) Um, And was in fact, you know, vilifying in its own terrible ways and adhering to the patriarchy in other terrible ways. But this was a book that I read a little blurb that I'm going to paraphrase so badly. That was basically along the lines of, this was a turning point in John Updike's career Basically because his other stuff had been so what you'd expect from a, you know, man in the 80s who has his information siloed and has been told he's a genius or whatever. So this was his sort of, like, I'm becoming aware book. And it it I'm sure for him, I'm sure he thought it was doing something. And a lot of critics also thought that. Yeah. And a lot of and this is really important to understand, a lot of feminist groups also thought so. It was 1984. <laughs> and and feminism then did not look like it does now. It it, it didn't, but yeah. I'm going to And a lot of so- groups also hated it. A lot of feminist groups also did not like it at all. So it was very weird and divisive in that way.
0: So I was 15 at the time and the year before I had stopped going to church and started exploring feminism. And my feminism was incredibly intersectional because there were a lot of there were a lot of Native American and a lot of immigrants from Vietnam where I lived and we were a tight group of people who did things together and worked together and read feminist literature together it definitely didn't look like it looks right now we were still just to put it in perspective it was around that time I think a year or two later no it did I think you're right it did not look and I think probably on the national level it wasn't intersectional in my group the leaders were the were the people of color and they were the lesbians I don't remember what
1: year it was the women could get credit cards without their husband's signatures 1972 yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't a glowing time Mm-mm. for women's rights to say nothing of nb people or anything like that. So it was a product of its time. And the book? Yes. And yeah. with that segue, the <laughs> film came out in 1987, which mm-hmm. is only 3 years after the book came out which means that it started filming likely in 1985 or 1986 so it was no. hot on the heels of the book now i want to say right away the movie doesn't hold up great no it is does it not. going to probably remain in my memory palace of nostalgic films that i loved yes because i haven't watched it in a few years and so my memories of it are f- are hazy and generally you know a romp that being said i understand what's in it and i know what's going on in there and i'm not (laughs) glossing over any of the very problematic shit in this movie it was directed in 1987 by george miller of mad max fame who has also grown as a person and his films have improved in representation and diversity immensely mad max fury road will continue to be one of my favorite films of all time forever it, may, it was made three years after the book came out, which I mentioned because I want to make it clear. This, was, this book was a sensation, and so a movie was made immediately. That being said, uh, George Miller deviated from the book quite a lot. Oh, yeah. And some oh, of them so were much. good choices. Oh, yes. Some of them yeah. were much better choices. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They don't know in the movie, like Dada mentioned, they don't realize they're witches until Daryl The character played by Jack Nicholson, who is meant to be the devil, comes to town. They're outcasts from the town of Eastwick because they're unmarried or quote-unquote creatives or whatever. They're just kind of like weirdos in the town. But they're very, very good friends. And if I may say, one
0: of the biggest changes that I absolutely loved that Miller did was that in the book, they're all divorced. In the film... That one of them has had a death, one of them is divorced, and one of them is deserted. And I just love that. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons they come together as friends. And yeah. Powerful witches.
1: Yeah. And they become more powerful when they're together, which is mm-hmm. initially at the beginning of when things go bad, part of the problem, and at the end, the solution, which is cool. They become even more powerful together after their power after their lives, I should say are influenced by Daryl, played by Jack Nicholson. but basically they it's implied in the movie that they sort of conjure him. they summon him. I think in one way that's kind of progressive about this film, whether it's healthy or not is that they basically exist like a polycule for a while Mm -hmm. they all sort of quote-unquote share Daryl but they all sort of like live in his fancy house for a while together and things seem fine until they're very much not fine and I and this is a spoiler alert for a 36 year old film (laughs) because it came out a year before I was alive so like a 36 37 year old film I like the ending because, in this better than yeah, the book because the three of them banish Daryl, keep their power, and it like solidifies them as a little coven. And they keep their babies and they keep their power and they keep their relationship and they get rid of him. That, the, I think, was an excellent choice. I agree. And
0: in the book, they Daryl gets married to a younger woman who is also a witch. And there is a little bit of nuance there, but it doesn't, in my opinion, it doesn't matter. She she was a little bit power hungry, but who the fuck cares? And so they
1: caused her they to gave, have cancer. Yeah, they gave her she cancer, dies. and then he ran off with her brother. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a whole thing. It's
0: really not a good ending. However, I don't like in the movie that they all have babies. I've never liked that. I even remember not liking that at the time. And I... Yeah. Yeah.
1: I remember in the movie, one of them really wanted Mm -hmm. that in her life. And so that's cool. Yeah. Susan Sarandon. What a fucking babe. Hoofta. Oh, the cello scene. My God.
0: That's one of Tammy's Uh, favorite film moments in history. It's very good.
1: (laughs) It's very good. Mm -hmm. But I've tried to sort of keep my actual feelings about too much of it oh. out of this just so that i can talk about them at the bonfire but that's sort of the synopsis of okay. the films sorry i just jumped right in there oh no not a judgment feelings not a judgment i just wanted you to know that i do have a lot of feelings about this i've just yeah. saved them got it and i will talk very
0: briefly about the television series yes which please. it is such a shame it only lasted a year it was in 2009 and in the television series this this Their witch power does start to develop when they start embracing their true personality. And same thing, they draw him to the town. But one of them is still married in a very not so great marriage. And as I recall, and here's the sad thing, I also couldn't find it streaming anywhere. So I had to look up some of the stuff. So a lot of this is from memory from 2009 when I watched it. And some of it is from YouTube clips. But they they develop their powers and they're kind of aware of them, especially uh, Roxy, who is a spiritual intuitive woman who's developed uh, telepathic skills, and she is played by Rebecca Roman. And I know I oh oh yes, it's such a beautiful cast, y'all. I love. They also the series changed the names, but that would have been the share role, would have been Alex. Alexandra, and. And then Kat, who would have been, in my opinion, an amalgamation of two of the characters. And that was played by Jamie Ray Newman, who's absolutely gorgeous. And I love her. She's the mom of five kids. And she's a nurse. She's not the writer. Writer. And she is really seen as throughout the series is as this earth goddess and she's the character that has powers of the elements and throughout the season towards the end of the season we start to realize and see her becomes a healer like she can touch people hands on healing then there's Lindsay price who i also adore and she's the journalist and she's just a hoot and a holler and she has the power to control men And yeah, and so and then Paul Gross plays the devil. And if you don't know who Paul Gross is, Paul Gross was the lead in slings and arrows. Do you, Corey, I thought of this today when I was writing slings and arrow. Do you know slings and arrow?
1: I know slings and arrows. I don't I don't think I
0: ever watched it. You all if you are a Shakespeare fan. And you know anything about Shakespeare festivals like Stratford or Ashland, you will love this series. It's only three years worth of series. It's Canadian. You can get it streaming. Paul Gross is absolutely freaking amazing as the oh, artistic director. So much Shakespeare. It's just beautiful. Anyway, he plays the devil in the... I mean, he plays Daryl in yeah. this. Yeah. So that's Fun. the TV series. And it was incredibly progressive. Um Because it was in 2009, written by a woman. There you go. But use that same source material, but changed it a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you'd have to. Yeah. So
0: I really liked it. I wish it had lasted longer. That's all my library.
1: All right. Want to okay. have to the bonfire? I want to do it. Get a little toasty.
0: Well, as you can see, I had lots of feelings.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I have more. I have, I have, lot have lot more. Feelings
0: about I have more sure. But since I've already shared a couple of mine. Well,
1: Yes. You go for it. First, I want to talk about some of the magic that they do. I've broken this down into hexes, spells and intuitive magic that I Mm -hmm. remember from the film. In the film, Daryl hexes Felicia, this woman in town, and she breaks her leg. He basically hexes her and she falls and breaks her leg. Alex, Jane, and Suki share Susan Sarandon and Michelle Pfeiffer, respectively. Mm Mm-hmm make felicia sick there's this scene where she just it scarred me for life where Mm -hmm. she barfs up a bunch of cherries fun side note i helped handle the actress that played felicia at comic-con last year and she talked about that scene Mm -hmm. and she was great in alien but she had really great stories about the set of that film so it was really fun she was also in the tv series oh great Yeah. yeah she's wonderful They updated.
0: She didn't play the Felicia character. She played the Daryl's assistant.
1: Oh, yes. (laughs) Terrible. She so they make her sick and she ends up in the hospital and her husband fully kills her with a fire poker, by the way. And then goes right back to reading his paper. It's not a good look. And then Daryl makes Jane sick which is sort of the inciting incident that leads to the three women sort of galvanizing as a unit mm. to banish him.
0: Yeah.
1: And because that. it's very it's very much why do you make me hurt you? I love you so much bullshit. It is. And then as far as like spell work and like their powers, Jane is sort of like music and sexuality and like sensuality. And then Alex is sort of like, I think of her as sort of, empath magic she's also very like creative she works with her hands she makes art with clay and then Suki is sort of this she's a brilliant writer who also happens to be this little fertility goddess what's that she says she says I get pregnant (laughs) that's just what she says I get pregnant you can seriously you could sneeze on me and I'd get pregnant she has five or six kids And no husband to speak of because she's been left and it's a whole thing. But that's her. She's like this brilliant mind and this like little Mm -hmm. fertility goddess. But some of the intuitive magic that takes place in the movie is there's this um, scene where they're playing tennis and they're getting petty and competitive with one another. And they start making time, basically slow down and speed up and gravity not work right and bending physics to their will with the tennis ball and it ends up being like this really fun sort of scene there's an incident with a fire if i remember correctly there's yeah there's basically just like a lot of very intuitive things happening even before he gets there that sort of unlock And he thinks it's all because of him, but if you really think about it and you watch it, you realize that all of that started happening when they started getting together. He was incidental. Like, did he help Suki realize, or not Suki, but Jane, did he help Jane realize stuff about herself that she could be a freer version of herself? Sure. But that could have been any guy could have done that. You know what I mean? Like, any guy could have helped her that. Or woman, or
0: or herself, she could have yeah. had the epiphany on her own. Yeah, so like he's you know. incidental,
1: and like he's a catalyst, I guess. But like, it could have been anything later. Yeah, I don't think I th- he's as important as he thinks he is.
0: I think they bring him to make him the catalyst, and one of my favorite moments in the magic, and this is where I also think Alex's power really shines it, mm-hmm. as far as the sculpting. They sculpt a wax doll of him yeah. and they can do things to it and that's Alex she makes it very specific to him and you can just I don't know because shares share, maybe you can feel that magic just going into that doll as she is touching it and sculpting it and it's absolutely gorgeous and yeah. of course they poke it and they dip it, burn in it and <laughs> yeah and they have in that and i don't remember this in the book suki runs to get a book out of Daryl's, one of his big rooms in the mansion and it is yeah. mala, mala it's Favarum. not the, but it but it's just that it's not the entire because uh, it's it's got two that hmm. actual grimoire has two names it's a longer name and and they pull it out and but what's wild to me is that if you watch the beginning of the film, they say a spell and mm-hmm. they don't know they're witches, but that exact spell is in the book. Oh, mm hmm. I don't know if I've ever noticed that. Yeah, I just rewatched it, which is why I, I wrote to Corey and went, This does not
1: hold up very well. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> and in the effort of not adventures and babysitting it for myself, I'm just not watching yeah. it again yeah, for a just while. Just don't. Just let it be there. Yeah,
0: yeah, but there's some amazing that that was one of the reasons I also went to the wanted to talk about the television show too, because the magic in the television show, it's more nuanced. There's a lot more of it. Of course, Charmed had been in existence, and so had Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They really come into this mature, two thousand and nine feminist witchy power and not that there's anything wrong with polyamorism but he paul paul gross is focusing on rebecca's character on the alex character hmm. whose name roxy and so it just takes and so it was it just didn't it wasn't the primary focus of the television show and I really liked that they were the primary focus their power was the primary focus them learning how to use it and sometimes really screwing up and making really bad mistakes and then coming back from that that is what the television show focus on and I just I loved that
1: well as your little resident Polly Pocket get it yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I always just wanted Alex and Suki and Jane to be together right
0: Okay, maybe that is my problem. Yeah, see, I would have liked that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's a really excellent... I will say one of my favorite speeches ever given in a movie was from The Witches of Eastwick. And it's when Daryl is trying to seduce Alex and Cher is just espousing all the shit about him that is repugnant. Yeah. And it's just so good. It's so It's wonderful because it addresses the fact that, to some, Jack Nicholson is not an attractive man.
0: Oh, he's so not.
1: And so she's, you're fucking gross, my guy. (laughs) What are you doing? And it's great. But yeah, The Witches of Eastwick is... It, it was one of my favorite movies growing up, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was little and I thought I want a room I want a house that has a room with a pool that mm. is covered in balloons and floaties and floating Ugh. trays of cherries and like just a roller skating in the ballroom and just oh, like yeah. I wanted that life. So that's the part that I internalized. <laughs> Oh, I think that's a really fun part to internalize. And I was like, I was like deeply in love with Cher. Oh, yeah. And Michelle Pfeiffer because of Grease 2. And Susan Sarandon. And I was just like, this is the perfect movie. Yeah, they, (laughs) all three of them. I'm smitten with
0: all of them still to this day. I also have to say that the movie filmmaking, as far as the angles and shots, because you had brought up that the inciting incident that gets them to get rid of him is that he's hurting Suki and Cher goes to him and she's, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then all of a sudden you just see this switch in her Mm -hmm. because he says, and it's, he says something that. Is well if you just did what I wanted and blah 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 and she goes yeah you're right and you're just and you're just like going oh he's in deep shit now and so they're all they all he she ends up getting better and Suki comes over and they're there and they're all three in the window and they at this point they're all pregnant so he goes to get pickles and ice cream and something else and
1: and and, they. yeah, but that then they wreck shot. his shop.
0: Oh yeah, that shot of them, all three of them, in the window, smiling and waving at him. And the moment the car pulls away, their faces just go, "Oh, they're magic, and they're gonna go fuck him up." And they yeah. do.
1: It's yeah, it's a really beautiful example of well, Cher's acting abilities. Yeah. And also, just that moment in a fight when you realize that speaking to that person is no longer going to yield results, mm-hmm. and so other action must be taken. Yeah. I think there is nothing scarier in an argument than when the other person goes, Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I've done that in an argument, <laughs> and <laughs> I know what it feels like on that side of it, so I know mm-hmm. to be like really nervous about it if it happens to me. Mm-hmm. So that moment when, like you said, she just kind of her face just switches, yeah, and something changes, and you're like, oh, yeah, and he doesn't what? get it. No, he doesn't get. It. Of course, he yeah. doesn't get an arrogant prick. Every woman in the audience, I'm sure, got was it. like, oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and that is that is the other thing I really liked about the film is that in the book they are. They're tearing – one of the things that drove me crazy in the first four chapters, and I read that it continues throughout, they tear each other down. They're not yeah. supportive of each other. Uh-huh. And and then they hurt the other girl, the, the, the woman, instead of, you know, the problem. And in the movie, that is absolutely not the case. They don't even bring that other woman into it. It's because Suki got hurt. It's because they were really yeah. good friends. It's because they were witches supporting each other. And, and they
1: find out that they made Felicia sick. And they are like wrecked about it because they didn't like Felicia because Felicia was not a likable person, but they weren't trying to like hurt Mm
0: -mm. her. And the her husband, who was the kindest, most gentle man and Suki's boss. And she just adored him and is he would never do anything like this. We made him do this. We did this to them. And yeah, I I liked those choices about the film as well. Take responsibility, which
1: is for your power. Yeah, (laughs) it doesn't hold up (laughs) just so everybody knows if you are going to watch it watch it with an eye that is aware that it doesn't hold up Mm -mm. and that you know George George Miller has gone on to make far better films since then (laughs) but it was it was real
0: big for me yeah Yeah. well that's because the magic holds up and I have to say even in the book The one thing he did get right, he he very casually speaks, writes of magic in a way that flows beautifully and you just think to yourself, oh yeah, that's something I would say. Oh, that's something I would think. That's something as a witch I would think about doing because Alex at one point controls the weather on the beach because... She wants to let her dog off and there are all these obnoxious people down there and they're not usually there. And so she makes it storm. She brings on a storm so they have to leave so that she can let her dog off on the beach and play. And and you hear her do it. I mean, she does a little Latin chant under her under her breath as she's walking and it just happens. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's raining. Bye. Yeah. Oops. And thundering and lightning.
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go. Witches of so, Eastwick. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I wish I wish I could remember more details about the television series because it was so good. I don't it even was, know what
1: network it aired on. I ABC, I think. I feel like I would have seen it. Well, 2009, yeah. maybe not because I was in college. Yeah. I didn't have cable.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And the internet was not what it is now, so no.
0: it would have been hard to find. It was 2009 to 2010, so I was, it was my, yeah, I was back. I was yeah. not up at Western. Were you <laughs> no. not? Not at, not in the fall of 2009. I graduated oh. in June 2009. Yeah. So I was watching it. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, well, but, you
1: were a grown-up. Um, as a grown-up. I was, I, was very big. Just a, I was just a
0: 20-year-old idiot. <laughs> you were not an idiot. You were never. An, my God. <laughs> she, was,
1: she was not an idiot.
0: Everybody. I was a anyway. little
1: bit of a 21-year-old idiot. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm if you're going to go to the bars, have a buddy. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, do. Because that's why I'm alive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is good. I like it. Yeah. Hey, alive. Corey,
1: you can't just leave with that stranger. Why not? Because I'm not letting you leave with that stranger. Okay. Fine, not going to happen. All right. Yeah, Yeah, I think... Um,
0: I'm trying to think if there's any other magic stuff. And I'm sure there would be if I could remember the television series better. Because it was really... I remember thinking that it was very realistic, magically based. Not that they didn't do the stuff that Charm did and stuff. Oh, sure. You know, special effects and stuff on occasion. But sometimes it wasn't. Sometimes it was just... Oh yeah, that could happen. Anyway, oh, that's yeah? all. That's all I have. That's all I have. Yeah, me too. Do you want to send some sparks up? I do. Let's cool. do it. My spark today is Ash Ritter. She's an herbalist. If you got the newsletter, I talked about her, and I put in a link to go to her website. She runs this place called. Black Sage Botanicals, it's B-L-A-C-K dot S-A-G-E dot Botanicals, B-O-T-A-N-I-C-A-L-S. I believe that's her Instagram handle, but it's also her shop. Her shop, the internet handle is Black Sage Botanicals dot Big Cartel dot com. Anyway, I have heard her on so many herbalist podcasts over the last couple of months. Only, I, I don't know how many of them were recent, except I know the Herb Rally, it was a recent interview with her. And she talked a lot about flying ointments. She's doing all this research on trying to find the recipes. And she's seen a couple of old grimoires, an old book of shadows, that have flying ointment recipes in them. And she has been trying to recreate them. I guess people have recreated them. She talks a lot about Amanita muscaria, which is fly agaric. It's that mushroom that we all know from Alice in Wonderland and we is often referred to as a toadstool, that what, red cap with white little dots. I always used to think it was poisonous, and it is not. You just have to be very careful about the dose. I talk about that in the newsletter, too, so hopefully you all got the newsletter. Anyway, Ash Ritter, she's absolutely wonderful. I love all of her stuff. I love listening to her on podcast. She's a hoot and a holler, very non-traditional path. Uh, Yeah, I love her. I love her. I love that.
1: I love that. I'll go check it out right away. Cool. And what about you? I saw that when I was putting your newsletter stuff together. Uh, I was like, oh, who is this person? Who is it? Who is it? (laughs) Mine is a self-promo. Yeah! Yes. I would like you all to go to offroadshakespeare.com The homepage currently has the poster for our upcoming tour of A Christmas Carol. If you troll around through the other places under the tab, I think it's where we've been. I'm in most of those. (laughs) I think there's only one I'm not. Maybe, Maybe two, but I think just one. And It is the company of which I am a part. It is some of the most impact. It is the most impactful theater I've ever done. Mm, It is. It's. Our tagline is free for all. So it's like a free for all, but also it is free for all. We do not charge for our performances. Mm. And we also take our shows to places that do not traditionally get to experience theater. Which is incredibly rewarding, but also like humbling to be able to Mm. do because stories are important uh, to humanity, but also, you know, significantly important to me and I'm really jazzed to be back, Uh, not to get into my own feelings, but this is my first show since 2020 that wasn't the radio midsummer that Deda knows about. Mm. And it's my first time back in a rehearsal room. It's my first time working with these people that I love so much. And I think the work we're doing is really, really good. And it's, I'm going back to a room that the last time I was in it had somebody else in it that I no longer see. And... I'm dealing with a lot of feelings about that. Mm -hmm. And I'm dealing with a lot of feelings about the work. And it turns out, I think, at least so far, I do still like acting. Turns out. Which is great. So please go check it out. If you're not local, that's okay. What I would encourage you to do is see, take a look at our site and see what kind of similar stuff is going on in your neck of the woods. Who is doing weird shit? in the theater arena and if you are local there you're able to donate if you'd like we do all of our stuff through donation and grants and things and partnerships but uh, we are not for profit and that money goes to paying the actors and the production team for their time and that money goes to you know putting on the show but otherwise we are not for profit and you should check it out, Yeah, please. I'm on the site
0: right now, which, by the way, all the pictures are absolutely so cool. But there's a donate button. And yes. it is the end of the year, everybody. So if you're looking oh. for tax write-offs and you want to donate to this fabulous company, you can do that and get a receipt and write it off. This is just Beautiful. Stories matter. Beauty belongs to everybody. We need more equity and abundance and courage in its distribution. Join us. That's a good reason to donate. Right there. I think so. Love it.
1: Love it. We talk a lot about bread and roses and Mm -hmm. how people experiencing scarcity don't just need bread. They also need roses. Yes, they do. (sighs) Yeah. Yes, they do. Yeah. That is my shameless self-promote. I love it. I think
0: it's a great, I don't, yeah, I love it. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. And until next time. Be well.
1: Act with intention. And don't forget that you are magic. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you are so inclined, follow us on our socials, which is Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Bonfire Babble Podcast.
0: You can also follow us or join us on Patreon at Bonfire Babble Witches on Patreon and our website at bonfirebabble.com.
1: You can also join our community on Discord by clicking the link in our link tree. If you're into snail mail, you can send us that at P.O. Box 16341 Seattle, Washington 98116. And if you want to do that electronic thing, we're at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. Please also, if you have a moment, leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It helps us out. It also helps other people find us. Yeah, and if you do it on
0: Apple where you can actually write something, we will shout you out, your name. Thank you again for listening. Bonfire Babble Podcast recognizes that we live and record on the traditional lands of the Duwamish tribe.
1: We honor their past and present stewardship of the beautiful land and the life-giving energy they provide. To learn more about the tribe,
0: go to realrentduwamish.org.